Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, it's early here. We're, we're recording one hour earlier and I don't have a mimosa with me because even even I think that 10 o'clock is a little too early for an alcoholic drink. So that's saying something. I'm a little disappointed. Not going to lie. Come on. No Mich- mimosa, Michelle, today. It'll all be sober takes, but I promise I have some good ones. <laughs> all right. She's Michelle Manjuk from the NFL Network and the Ball Blast Football Podcast. If you want some fantasy advice, I definitely recommend going to check that out. We're going to get into Niners Cardinals. We have our best bets, uh, which we'll always give you in the second half of the show. But before we get into anything, I just want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you do, I promise, if you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. This one comes from John Scoo 1029 five stars, digestible contact, content quick format and the whole review is thank you thank you thank you to rob you're very welcome thank you rob all right i think that's the first time i ever called you rob it is it's kind of freaking me out i don't like it you're not a rob you're stats thank you sharon rodriguez says happy friday faithful thank you sharon let me ask you this michelle because i have i don't think i've ever actually asked you this and you bring an outsider perspective to the 49ers because you did not grow up a 49er fan. We are converting you slowly but surely into a 49ers fan, but you are a Steeler fan. So I value your opinion because you're not in the bubble. Okay. When I say Brock Purdy MVP, you say a hundred percent. Let's go. I'm the one that gave the MVP argument for him last week on the show. Everyone was crapping on him. There's only one guy that I think has a valid discussion around MVP with Brock Purdy, and that would be Dak Prescott. I think those are the only two right now that there's even a discussion about. Tyreek Hill, maybe. But no, it's a quarterback award. We all know that. So unless Tyreek Hill beats the record for most receiving yards in a season, I don't even think he should be considered. I don't even know if he should be considered, even if he does. Calvin Johnson didn't get the MVP when he broke the record. Jerry Rice. This is the issue is if he can come back healthy and be fine. We saw that Dolphins offense just completely fall apart when he got injured. And then every time he was able to come back because they kept bringing him off the field, on the field. Anytime he was on the field, they could move again. And then when he was off the field, they couldn't. So it's like, Dang, he really does run that entire offense. So that, like, you could see where they're coming from there. But it's really right now down to Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy for me. And if I were to vote, it would be Brock Purdy. But maybe if I was a Dallas fan, it would be Dak. So maybe I am still a little bit biased. Even though I'm a Steelers fan, I still love me the 49ers. And are you a bitter Steelers fan? Because the Niners are playing the Cardinals and the Cardinals handled your Steelers a little bit. I'm just so sick of being a Steelers fan, honestly. <laughs> it's miserable. It's a miserable experience. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow's game whatsoever. 
Uh, Modelo Time 1999 watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. I love the Twitch fam. Says they can keep the MVP trophy. We want the Lombardi trophy. I want both. A lot of Niner fans feel like Modelo there. Like, oh, don't worry about it. You can have both. I want both, okay? I just want... It's not really like, honestly, that I feel super strongly about the 49ers quarterback getting the MVP. I just feel like we are not grading Brock Purdy the same way we have looked at every other quarterback for MVP ever. And yeah, I don't like they, they have 1 million excuses for him. It's like all of these quarterbacks that won MVP, they had help. They had really good coaches. Like they wouldn't have had these numbers if they didn't have good teammates that were doing stuff for them. Good coaches. And like Patrick Mahomes last year threw one deep, touchdown all year long he broke the record for most short touchdown passes and no one had any issues throwing him the mvp no one even questioned it and he had more yards after catch from his teammates last year percentage wise than brock purdy has right now so i don't understand why last year was just yeah obviously patrick mahomes deserves it and now this year with brock purdy it's like well look at what his playmakers are doing it's like okay well usually the guys who win mvp have good coaches and good uh, teammates around him. Jalen Hurts has 12 rushing touchdowns this year. I believe 11 of them have come on the tush push. A play, lest I remind you, where he is literally pushed into the end zone by teammates. He doesn't even have to move his legs because he's going to get shoved into the end zone by teammates. Nobody discounts a single rushing touchdown Jalen Hurts has. Yet if Brock Purdy throws a 40-yard touchdown pass to Debo Samuel, you got people like Ben Solak of the Ringer saying it doesn't really count because Jamal Adams didn't play the defense perfectly. That, that, that and he put the ball in the perfect spot for Debo. Like you could not have thrown a better ball for Debo to even have to stop. It was just perfectly as he was running, just called the ball. It was exactly where it needed to be. And he just kept, remember when I used to make fun of Trey Lance for that Debo Samuel was wide open and he mm -hmm. still caught it. Like that's completely different, right? Like that was a bad ball that was only caught because Debo Samuel was so wide open and it's Debo Samuel. This was perfectly placed to allow him to run into the end zone after the catch. And he doesn't, the, the way people are acting, just giving him no credit. I mean, he's doing things where what he's doing is what in any other season by any other quarterback would win MVP just straight up. No right. questions asked. If you flip the numbers, if Dak had Brock Purdy's numbers, people would be like, he's the runaway MVP. I, yeah. I, I don't get it, but it's very annoying to me. And speaking of Brock Purdy, one of the narratives about him is, well, when he doesn't have Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, he's terrible. And I'm thinking, well, let me see. Last time they played the Cardinals was week four. And Debo Samuel in that game did almost nothing. Yet people are like, oh, my God, he needs Debo Samuel. He has to have all these guys around him to make plays. And that's just not the case. No, I think it was just I think it was a case of a brutal stretch of I mean, they were traveling a ton during that time. The Browns game, you know, you had some. But he came back. Like they should have won that game, eh? And now no one would have been talking about the Browns game. The Vikings game is that the one where he threw the two interceptions at the end? Yep. Yeah. So like it was. I just don't think that's all because Debo Samuel was off the field. I think there was just a coincidence there. And obviously, having your All-Pro left tackle and an All-Pro wide receiver is going to help you be better. Like, yeah, you want them on the field. That's like being like, well, Patrick Mahomes needs Travis Kelsey. It's like, well, yeah, because he's really right. good. And yeah, he's going to be better when Travis Kelsey's on the field.
Debo Samuel had three touches in the first game against the Cardinals for six yards in the whole game. Debo didn't have a single catch in the entire game. Yet, Brock's got to have Debo or he's not any good. He threw one incompletion in the Cardinals game. One. He was 20 of 21 for 283 yards and a touchdown. Yet, he's got to have Debo Samuel. Like, the narratives but don't. But also, mean- like last year, he didn't have Debo Samuel for a lot of games. I know. You're preaching to the choir. Um, that's why it's like people don't watch. They've decided what Brock is. He's a seventh round pick. He's got a bunch of guys around him. He's got Kyle Shanahan. So that invalidates him. There is nothing he could do to win the MVP because this is the situation he's in. And it's just, it's crazy to me because if that's the case, like why are we playing the games? So Brock Purdy is the fourth quarterback all time to have a 65 plus completion percentage, nine plus pass yards per attempt and 115 plus passer rating in a single season all time. The others are Peyton Manning in 2004 when he won MVP, Aaron Rodgers in 2011 when he won MVP and Matt Ryan in 2016 when he won MVP. That's the list. Yeah, but it's easier for Brock Purdy. It doesn't count for Brock Purdy. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but it's me off man it really is Purdy has six games this year averaging over 10 yards per attempt and 120 plus passer rating that's the most such games in a single season in NFL history by any and it, we're only what week like there's still weeks left and he's already hit the record it, what he's doing is not just because he's in a good system yes that helps him but you I, I don't think if Sam Darnold was starting this year that we'd be seeing him close to these numbers. He may be having his best career season. That's not saying anything because uh, Sam Darnold was straight trash before. So, yeah, he might be having his best career season, but that doesn't mean he would be putting up nearly the numbers that Brock Purdy's doing. All right. Let's shift the focus to this actual Cardinals game, uh, because I feel like we've been talking a lot about the MVP Niners, this is a hat and t-shirt game. You win this game, you win the NFC West. Now, they could also win it if the Rams lose, but let's not go there. Let's handle our business, win the game, get the hats and t-shirts, win the NFC West. Um, Niners have some injuries that are starting to scare me a little bit. Now, the good news is Steve Wilkes did say yesterday he thinks Dre Greenlaw is going to play. And I know John Lynch was on KMBR earlier today, and he said that Mooney Ward is definitely in play to participate in the game he said that Mooney could have come back in last week which I thought was really interesting um so if if you're telling me they have Mooney Ward and Greenlaw then I'm not worried but if Javon Hargrave is out and Mooney Ward is out and Dre Greenlaw is out then I start to worry a little bit about that Cardinals offense meh Maybe Greenlaw, because I'm not worried about a single wide receiver the Cardinals have. I used to, you know, talk up Marquise Brown, but he is doing absolutely nothing this mm-hmm. season. I mean, he is he, he's really not doing anything. So I'm not worried about any of the corners having to guard any of these wide receivers. None of them scare me. Trey McBride is really their one huge weapon right now. They're going to have to do a good job covering him, something the Steelers did not do. And he destroyed them. And that's how they kept moving the ball. It was only Trey McBride and James Conner. Those are the only two people who did anything to win against the Steelers before their bye week. I'm not worried about James Conner going off events 49ers. I think they're going to handle that. I think James Conner hasn't really done anything in quite a long time until that Steelers game. I think the revenge factor had a little bit to it where he was just going extra hard. So I'm not worried about him. But the 49ers in their last three games played. So since the start of last year, right, they, they've won all those games. But they've outscored the Cardinals 111 to 39 wow. <laughs> over those three games. Plus six turnover margin over those three games. I'm not worried about this whatsoever. And I'm not worried about them having the bye 
just last week because the Cardinals are one and four after their bye since 2018 tied for the fewest wins, uh, such wins in the NFL during that span. Like, it's not like they come out after the bye with Kyler Murray and, and, uh, win like ever. I can't help, but get the Raiders game. It's in my head from last year, right? Just a game where you thought the Niners were going to roll. And then all of a sudden, the Raiders start putting up points left, right, and center. Oh, by the way, the Raiders dropped 60 last night, which is that just was wild. like, what the hell is happening in the NFL? Anything could happen at any time. But I almost wonder if because of the Niners injuries, again, no Javon Hargrave, probably no Eric Armstead, probably if maybe the Cardinals have a little more success offensively, and this is a game where the Niners offense has got to consistently move the ball and get touchdowns. Yeah. I'm just not worried because I know last year when going into the Raiders game, you're like, it's the Raiders. And who, who did you say was starting? Did you mention his name? Who was it? Jarrett Stidham? Was Stidham. Jared Stidham? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think with that game, they really were like, it's Jarrett Stidham. At least, like, this is still a divisional game. This is still Kyler Murray starting. So I don't think they're going into this just completely overlooking this game. Uh, and it's still one, like you just mentioned, if they win, they win the NFC West. So I don't think this is a trap game. Brock Purdy 7-0 against the NFC West has mm-hmm. the highest uh, career passer rating versus his own division by any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. I'm not worried about it. Doesn't count. Doesn't count, right? Nope, doesn't count. Yeah, he's uh, 7-0 against the NFC West, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, including the playoffs. But 15 total touchdowns. No, it doesn't. Doesn't count. He's got he's got really good teammates. This is in really good offensive. He system. averages 10 yards per pass attempt against the NFC West in his career. Again, eight yards per attempt is wild. Like, that's really great. 10 is absurd. It's all catch and run, though. It's all two-yard passes, and everybody just breaks six tackles, uh, and that's how he gets all his yards. And no other quarterback ever checks it down to anybody, too. So there's that. Uh, There's two other little juicy tidbits in this game that I think add a little extra juice from the 49ers perspective. One, let's not forget Steve Wilkes is suing the Cardinals right now because of everything that happened while he was there with the owner and the GM and communicating when they weren't supposed to. So I think he's going to want to put it on the cards a little bit. And the whole Bosa Kyler Murray thing. I don't know if you've heard this story, Michelle. I love telling this story. Cards had the number one pick in 2019, and it was Kyler and Bosa. Those were the two guys at the top. Niners, of course, had the number two pick. Bosa meets with the Cardinals. He meets with Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, the GM. He has dinner with them. They go through the whole thing. As they're walking out, Bosa puts his arms around each guy, and he looks at the GM, Steve Kime, and he says, I think you're going to take that little quarterback. And if you do... I am going to haunt you for the rest of your career. And Kime and Cliff Kingsbury get in the car and they look at each other and they say, damn, I hope he doesn't catch that little quarterback. (laughs) I think Bosa has a little extra something for the cards for not taking him first overall. Yeah. I don't think that was the right choice. Like the Cardinals should have taken Kyler Murray. You got to go for the quarterback at that time. They had Josh Rosen. I mean, and he's, you know, I, I don't think the Cardinals would be better off if they had Nick Bosa over Kyler Murray, right? Quarterback matters so much. Would they be worse? I don't know. At this <laughs> moment in time, I don't know. <laughs> but like, they've had some good, you know, they've had some good stretches with Kyler. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I wouldn't crap on them for taking. I mean, the 49ers for a second, they were thinking about taking Quinn and Williams over Nick Bosa. Were they not? And that would have been, I mean, I guess Quinn and Williams is having a decent career, but that would have been pretty bad. Thinking about doing something and doing something are two very different things. All right. Look, I thought about shaving my head and I didn't do it. And I think we all know I would have looked like an egg. So 
Yeah, I, please don't shave your head. No, Why I'm would not, you do that? This is, please, I don't know if it'll grow back if I shaved it all off. So definitely not uh, not going to do that. But I don't know about the Kyler thing. Like, first of all, is he really going to be the quarterback there next year? I know he's he's under contract, but like, I don't know. New I don't know. His, I mean, since oh. getting paid, his numbers are pretty pretty bad right since the start of last year everything has dropped talk about not having a player on the field i mean his numbers with deandre hopkins and without them throughout his career are, are massively drastic but also just since the start of last year he's averaging over just 6.2 yards per attempt yards per pass attempt that's atrocious like that's went way down from his 2021 huge season it has just a five and 10 record. His completion percentage is way down from what was earlier. So I know like this year, I don't think it's necessarily too fair to be looking at what he's doing because coming right off the ACL in the middle of the year, like that's not an easy thing for anybody. It's not like his, he has any real weapons. Like I said, Marquise Brown should not be a wide receiver one. I used to like him, but it's not looking like Marquise Brown and, Michael Wilson and Rondell Moore are really the guys that's going to scare off any defense. They they need to get him another DeAndre Hopkins type, and I think he'll be fine. I don't know if he'll be the quarterback next year. They, I mean, they owe him so much money. I don't really know if they can get rid of him. Yeah, well, that'd be a thing. Somebody on this show was not as high on Hollywood Brown. Who who was mm, that? I know, I know. Mm. It was you. It was uh, you. You were right for once. Good job. For once, I'm right constantly. Mm-hmm. Rick Diaz, thank you very much. Says, hey, Rob, good morning. Merry Christmas. Michelle, good morning. Merry Christmas. Nice sweatshirt. I assume he's talking to you. Yes. Uh, you are wearing the the homage Christmas sweatshirt. It says Niners faithful on it. I have my homage sweatshirt on, which I always wear on Fridays because the Niners have been winning. So I'm sticking with it. But if you want to get this gear or any other 49ers gear, just click the link in the description of this show. It'll take you right to the Homage 49ers page. They have awesome Niners stuff. It's super comfortable. It's warm. They have other like uh, pop culture type shirts and then teams from every sport. So it's not just Niners, but click the link in the description of the of the show, whether you're listening on the pod or on YouTube, and it'll take you right there. Get some holiday gifts. I highly recommend it. So what I did want to bring up about Kyler, going back to this game. So he... A, hasn't faced the 49ers since week five, 2021. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So the 49ers are, I guess when I did say, you know, they've outscored them, what? I, I don't have it up again. What was that? 111 to 39, right? Over the last three games. All of those games were without Kyler Murray. So I will give them that. But Kyler Murray in the games he did play, you know, against them in his career, it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. He did win that last game against the 49ers. They won 17 to 10, right? The last game he started. Trey Lance was starting in that game, not Brock Purdy. So two completely different uh, situations here. But also, Kyler Murray, since the start of last year, is atrocious under pressure. Like, his numbers are some of the worst across all the quarterbacks. And guess who's really good at getting pressure this year? The 49ers. So as long as they can apply pressure to Kyler Murray, I think this is going to be super easy. Kyler, yeah, the last game, by the way. the The other thing is, like, the running with Kyler. The last game against the 49ers, he had seven attempts for one yard rushing. So it really was not a thing. I know that Steve Wilkes has talked a lot about it this week. Kyle Shanahan has talked a lot about it. Obviously, the Niners were successful at keeping Jalen Hurts pretty much under control on the ground. I think that they will be. I think they've got that kind of mush rush down where they they sort of they know that basically you're not really going for sacks. You're just going to sort of keep somebody in control. And eventually, I think the pass rush will get home. And Let's give a little love to the secondary. 
the secondary has given the defensive front some coverage sacks this year too, especially lately. They are playing much better. Yeah, and I wouldn't even mind Traverius Ward resting. Rest him up. <laughs> like, don't don't get him hurt any further in this game. I, I know they said he, that you just said, that he could have came back last week. But if there's even a little bit there where he he's feeling a little bit injured and he could tweak it, like, let him sit. Again, if the secondary can handle these weapons, it's really just Trey McBride they need to cover. And let's be honest. 54 can handle Trey McBride because yeah. 54 can handle anybody. When he's running down the seam with CD Lamb, I'm pretty sure he could handle Trey McBride. The Niners generally don't give up a ton of yardage to tight ends, I think, for that reason. And thank God, 54 is one of the few people for the 49ers who's not on the injury report, which is always uh, reassuring. Heinemann says, is Buda Baker playing for the Cardinals? Yes, he is playing for the Cardinals. Um, he's obviously very good. But I also remember George Kittle stiff-arming Buda Baker twice and running in for a touchdown. So while good, I don't think he's quite good enough to make a big difference. Nah, the Cardinals' defense is... I mean, they started off okay. I feel like they started off better than they were supposed to be because, like, on paper, they look like they have the most, the worst defense in, like, NFL history uh, coming into this season. But they're allowing the, the most first uh, downs per game, allowing the third most points per game, allowing the second highest uh, third down conversion percentage. And that's all where the 49ers excel anyway. So I, I'm not worried about their defense and I'm not worried about their offense. Like this game should be another killing. It, I it, I think the line is plus 12. I would easily take that. I think they win by 18 points. So I know we go back and we look at, at week four and it was 35-16 and that's great. But it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter before the 49ers pulled away. So you're telling me the Niners got to win by 13 points in order for me to cash in on that? I don't know that I would take the Cardinals. I think I might just leave it alone because it could be a similar situation, especially if the Niners defense is not as stout with some guys missing. That 12 definitely scares me a little. It doesn't scare me at all. They're going <laughs> to do it. 18 points at least. Maybe I'm just shook by what the Raiders did last night. I mean, the Raiders did not score a point two weeks ago, and then they dropped 60. I don't, I'm annoyed. I don't have this stat with me here, but the, the 49ers do lead the league this year in most games won by 12 points this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, I, they're going to just keep doing it. There's no reason they don't beat the Cardinals by 12 points. They shouldn't, but you never know. They do have that, that Christmas game looming against the Ravens. Apparently we're in the bird section of the schedule, which is like really annoying where we play every freaking bird team in the league, Seahawks, Cardinals, Eagles, Ravens. Why are there so many bird teams also? What the hell? There's a lot of animals birds out are there. scary. Are you? I mean, they're, they're weirdly scary, right? Are you like anti-bird? My wife hates birds. I'm not like anti-birds, but I mean, I don't want them around me. They're pretty scary. For you... I do have a weirdly, really weird fear of hawks. I always think they're going to come down and steal my animals. And I have a hundred pound dog and a 60 pound dog. Like, they're not, maybe the cats they could come take, but I have the weirdest fear of hawks. And like, if there's a baby around, I think they're going to come take the baby. It's a weird thing I have. What, yeah. Like that's such an oddly specific fear. Also, like, I've never had this happen to me in my life. Like I've never seen a hawk do anything. I've never, like, I don't know why I'm traumatized by hawks, but yeah, that's where I sit. That's weird and i never would have guessed that but all right you know what we all got weird stuff so it's totally fine let's get into some best bets for this game you have best bets 
I've got a couple best bets. Uh, J. Cruz 49er says Michelle thinks birds are drones, apparently. Appreciate that. Think, who thinks birds are drones? You do, apparently. Um, I mean, that's the thing that hawks do. They do pick up small animals, and they have picked up children before and stolen them and killed them. Okay, like people in the chat, M. Patel, I've seen a hawk, I'm my dog. The Sentinels football channel says they'll go after the cat and the baby. Like, apparently this is a thing. Yes, I'm not, I didn't just make this up. This is why I'm scared of them, because they do do this. They they will stalk your little animals, and they will try to get them. Uh, but again, it's irrational for me to think they're going to take my dogs. Who They're not going to take my 100-pound or 60-pound dog. We're talking like an 8-pound dog here. Right. Gonna take. Yeah. Thomas says, have you seen those videos where the hawk throws the sheep off the mountain? What the hell? Hawks are scary <laughs> freaking animals, man. They're scary. They're down. They just they just want to get you. Okay. I Well, I know what I'm going to do after the show. Don't do it now. This is our time. Um, all right. Best bets for the show. I always start it off. Give me your fastball guaranteed. You got one bet to make this week. Where are you going? And by the way, last week we killed it. We oh, yeah. killed it on the Debo over. We killed it on the McCaffrey hit is over on one freaking play. So we're rolling right now. Yeah, I was three for three last week. Let's try to do that again. Debo, this is just the easiest one out there. I mean, I feel like it's cheating and the odds are fine. Like it's not, it, you'll make plenty of money on your bet. It's like, I think minus 110. I'll take that. But Debo Samuel over 58 and a half receiving yards. I mean, he's had at least 60 yards in each of the last four games. I mean, it just keeps increasing every week. 63, 79, 116, 149. So what are we going to get this week? 170? Who knows? But the Cardinals are giving up the second most uh, yards per target to wide receivers this season. Arizona plays a lot of zone defense, one of the highest rates in the NFL. No player has more receiving yards than Debo against the zone after the last four weeks. It's not even close. Like, it's Debo at 407, Tyreek Hill at 341, Devonta Smith at 338, and no one else has more than 300. And again, Debo's at 407 over the last four weeks. And he's averaging 19 and a half yards per reception against Ooh. zone during that span. So if you want to take his over longest of 23 and a half longest reception, I like that as well. I love that bet. That is fantastic. And you you kind of touched on it in the beginning. I had trouble picking best bets this week because all the 49er bets are like terrible odds. It's all like minus 170, which if you don't know, that means in order to win $100, you'd have to bet 170. So it's like, yeah, yeah I might win this, but I'm going to have to put up so much money to win very little. It's not really worth it. But you found a good one there. I like the Debo over 58 and a half. Kyle Shanahan said this week he's playing the best ball of his career. I think he is. He is just at another level. He's so dangerous every time he touches the ball, no matter where it is. If it's in the backfield, if it's on a screen, if it's deeper down the field, every time he touches the ball, he's a touchdown threat. And it has added so much to this offense. So I'm with you. Debo over 50 and a half. That is fantastic. I actually didn't see that one. So good job, you. So I actually have one that goes with this touchdown since you just brought it up. It's a fun sure. one that they have on DraftKings. Can I say it before you go into yours? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's called Fresh from the Field. It's one of their, like, special picks of the week that they, they came up with. So you have to have a Debo Samuel rushing touchdown and a Debo Samuel receiving touchdown to win, but it's plus 750 So if you bet $100, Ooh. you win $750. Or if you're a normal better, you bet $10, you win $75, right? <laughs> Don't go too crazy here. But, I mean, we've seen him do this in each of the last two weeks. Now, for him to do it in a third week is a stretch, right? And that's why it's plus 750 odds because the probability should not be very high for this. But he has a rushing touchdown in each of the last three weeks and in four of the last five games. The Cardinals have allowed the fourth most passing touchdowns and the fifth most rushing touchdowns. 
And this is just a little fun note. There have been 18 instances of a player having a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in a game this, this season across the whole league, right? 18. The 49ers have five of those instances, <laughs> five of those 18, three from Christian McCaffrey and two from Debo. And the Cardinals allowed two of those 18 instances. One of them was CMC against the Cardinals, and then one was Saquon Barkley against the Cardinals. So I, you know what? For plus 750, we've seen Debo do it each of the last two weeks. They clearly like to use them around the goal line right now. I'm I'm fine with this bet. I like it a lot. You know how I think you get it? Because I feel like they haven't really done as much with the Debo running. I know they did last week because he got stopped like an inch short of the goal line and they wanted to get him the touchdown. But you people might not remember. There was a play in the first game where Brock throws it to McCaffrey and he hurdled the guy and ran into the end zone. But because Brock threw it just a little backwards, it actually counted as a rushing TD, not a receiving TD. You may be able to steal a Debo rushing TD that way to where like Brock throws the ball, but because it's a little bit backwards, it's a rushing TD. So uh, those odds are so good. Did you say plus 700? 750, plus 750. I, I have to. This I have is what, to. Just like 10 bucks. Don't get crazy. Don't don't yeah. throw away your money, but 10 bucks to win 75. And when, he, when he's done it each of the last two weeks, I, I like it. I like taking those chances. Flynn West says, Michelle, you are by far the best part of this network. Fridays are my favorite days because of you. Rob, you're okay. You blush over here. (laughs) Uh, M. Patel says it's unlikely. That's why it's plus 750. Yes, we know it's unlikely. But the point is, there there comes a point where the odds are so good that it's like, all right, I'll just put down a little because if it happens to hit, I'm going to risk so little to gain so much so I'm, and this I'm, is why vegas is rich you know <laughs> this is why sports books do so well because of you and i Being of course like, what? like look at these odds if it hits it's great but also at the same time he has done it in each of the last two weeks and that's why they're baiting people 100 percent. this is bait <laughs> like i get it i get what the sports books are doing but it doesn't seem that crazy to me in this matchup that debo would do this I, it's not a hard matchup at all they are allowing the most pa- or fifth most passing, fourth most rushing touchdowns this year. Like, there's going to be scoring in this game, and you know they like to use Debo right now. Debo's on fire. Stay in those flames. Yeah, he's, honestly, he's playing as good as he did in 2021, which is saying something because that was one of the most historic seasons we've ever seen. My first best bet, I like this one. Christian McCaffrey, two-plus touchdowns. It's plus money. It's plus 140, so I, you know I like that. Obviously, McCaffrey... Look, he's incredible. He can score a rushing, receiving touchdown every week if he wants to. He had seven catches when they played the Cardinals earlier this year. Seven for 71 and a touchdown. He also had 20 carries for 106 and three touchdowns. I just, here's here's all you need to know. You can bet a bunch of guys to have two plus touchdowns in the game. McCaffrey's odds are plus 140. The next closest person in the entire game, their odds is Debo and it's plus 600. So, they're telling you that out of anybody in this game, they think McCaffrey is the best bet to have two plus touchdowns. It doesn't matter if they're two receiving, two rushing, whatever. So to me, this is the most attractive bet. Yeah. And if you're going to bet the other one, right, then I don't, I doubt they would let you also add in the Devo two touchdowns because that's oh, pretty much the same bet. But that would be pretty sick if you could do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to score two touchdowns, in the league i mean cmc seems like a pretty safe bet right i mean went off on them he always goes off on the cardinals he always goes off on all nfc west teams it's pretty it's pretty impressive i'm gonna get into his scrimmage yards per game uh notes here in a second after you give me your second best bet 
and I feel like he's kind of been quieter when it comes to the touchdowns. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, last week he had his second fewest touchdowns that he's had, or second fewest touches that he's had all year. It was kind of like, and they still put up 30 points. By the way, I don't know. I think we see like a little CMC resurgence. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. Um, my next one, I'm going Kyler over 0.5 interceptions. So at least one interception for Kyler Murray. The Niners, I believe, are leading the league in interceptions this year. They're just around. The secondary is around the ball constantly. Jair Brown has come into the lineup and immediately started getting interceptions. Charvarius Ward is around the ball every week. He had a drop pick last week. Diamador Lenore had a pick taken away because Nick Bosa was offsides, which Bosa actually apologized to him for. And Kyler, like you said earlier, hasn't quite really been as sharp. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray, at least one interception. Now it's minus 160, which I don't like, but I feel really confident he's going to get it. Yeah, he should get it. And like I brought up, he's really bad under pressure and he's throwing a, a, a ton of interceptions under pressure over the last two years. So if if Nick Bosa or anyone else can put pressure on Kyler Murray, we know it's going to happen. They're leading the league in quarterback pressures uh, this year. Then Kyler's more likely to throw an interception. So like you said, even though it's it's not the biggest of payouts, it feels like there's a really strong possibility of it happening. So give me Kyler. I'm as a passer. He's never scared me. He can throw the ball. Like he has a good arm, but like he just, it's never, he never puts it together. He, I feel like he should be better than he is, but this is not a small sample size now with Kyler Murray. So also I like the fact this is just a sneaky thing. Niners are going to be wearing the red jerseys, even though they're in Arizona. I don't know. Something about that makes me feel good. The crowd is is supposedly going to be 61% Niner fans, and we know how good the Niners are at home. So I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling that. So the Cardinals are wearing white? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, that could be really confusing. They're both yeah, wearing no. red. Yeah, they <laughs> no. don't let people do that, right? No. <laughs> no. That is it's not. Al- always home teams wear white? I thought. No, home teams usually don't wear white. They yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay. The Cowboys are the only team. The Cowboys basically wear white all the time because they're they're the Cowboys. Um, but usually you wear the color jersey at home. Okay, great. I like the Cowboys white jerseys though. You know what's so weird? My wife last night just asked me what what jersey or what uniform do you think you would look the best in if you had to wear a uniform? And I said the Cowboys white. <laughs> white uh jerseys and pants i think that would be the you know the sharpest oh you're going all white yeah yeah all white hmm. do they not wear white pants oh they no, wear like a light blue those weird that oh you know what i didn't say cowboys i said the colts when they were they're all white oh uh, uh, i don't know i don't think i would look good i'm 140 pounds so i don't think i could pull off the football jersey look you would have to go with the white because you're you're slim why is the white ad make you look bigger? Yeah. Well, all right. That's the secret then. Okay. So I've given my two best bets. What is your third best bet? All right. So I'm just going with this. I'm, I, I'm going with the stars and I'm fine with that. So I'm going Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> this number is insane. Over 120 and a half scrimmage yards. And you know what? It's fair. It's fair that they have it that high because A, he's averaging 136.5 scrimmage yards per game and his six career games against the Cardinals. By the way, he also has seven touchdowns over those six games. So he has at least 100-plus scrimmage yards in five of six games against the Cardinals. We just saw him against the Cardinals in week four put up 177 total yards. 
So I, obviously, like, we just feel good about that with Christian McCaffrey. He does it pretty much every game. But I wanted to just give a fun little note just about him against the NFC West in his career. So he's averaged 147.6 scrimmage yards per game versus the NFC West in his career. That's the most by any player versus any division since 1950, minimum 15 games played. This is the leaderboard, right? Versus any division by any player. So it's Christian McCaffrey first. Second is Clinton Portis against the AFC West. Third is Marshall Falk against the NFC West. Fourth is Barry Sanders against the NFC Central. And then fifth is um, uh, Walter Payton against the NFC West, which is funny. That's a lot of NFC West there that I just named. But uh, so a bunch of Hall of Famers and Clinton Portis and then Christian McCaffrey. Pretty cool. I didn't realize it was that high. That's crazy. But... Oh, it's not even close to the next one. So Clinton Portis is the second highest. It's at 132. And again, Christian McCaffrey's at 147. It's 15 more yards per game. He's averaging more than the next closest person. It's basically 150 yards per game by McCaffrey. He has been so much better than I ever thought he was going to be. And I thought he could be pretty good if he stayed healthy. He's been fantastic. Um, and as Thomas points out, Clinton Portis, another one of those Shanahan gems. Yeah, absolutely. He's played well there um okay i'm seeing a couple of things in the chat that i wanted to get to um m patel oh sorry the comments keep coming in m patel says kyle's radio show he said he felt bad about the mason touchdown over mccaffrey i think kyle makes it up christian mccaffrey touchdown yeah i know mccaffrey basically said like i didn't want to come out of the game after he hit that 70 yarder on play one uh i i think he's definitely going to get into the end zone once i i think he's going twice that's why i have that bet earlier i actually found one I'm going to take an under Michelle. I don't oh, want to do it, but I thought I, about taking an under too. So I'm very interested to see if it's the same one. Okay. I'm going to go George Kittle under 46 and a half receiving yards in the game. One, he didn't have a big game when they played earlier this year. He had one catch for nine yards and he only had one target in the game. So that's one, two, Arizona gives up the third fewest yards to the tight end in the league. So they're good against the tight end. The Niners didn't try it. And Kyle told the Fox production crew last week that we don't like game plan for players. We attack coverages and the ball goes where the ball goes. Well, the Cardinals coverages have shown that they don't allow a lot to tight end and Kyle's not going to force it. So I just think that Kittle, this is going to be a quiet Kittle game this week. He's going to block. He's going to do all the other stuff, but I think he's not going over 46 and a half receiving yards. I think that that's fair. If we think Debo's going to go off, we think Christian McCaffrey is going to be involved as a passer. Now, like there is something to say here. Purdy does average over 80 fewer passing yards per game on the road than at home. So if we go based off that, I mean, he's averaging 234 passing yards per game on the road this year. There's not going to be all these receiving yards to go around as there are at home. So we think Devo's going to have a big game. Ayuk will get his. Christian McCaffrey will get his. There might just not be enough passing attempts and passing yards to go around to George Kittle. So I don't mind that. But also, I never like betting on George Kittle. I feel like I'm never right about that man, ever, ever. Well, and I think he's also done a good job this year of sort of maximizing the targets and the catches that he does get. I mean, even yeah. last week, he put up a good yardage total, but I think he only had like three or four catches in the whole game. Um, so he's been... You know, he's been maximizing what he does get. We didn't talk about this. I should have mentioned it earlier. Maybe you don't think this is a big deal. I don't know. Brock Purdy from Arizona. First time. This is Brock's first time playing in Arizona because when they, the quote unquote road game against the Cardinals last year was in Mexico City. So 
Brock has never actually returned home to play. He talked about he's got, you know, a lot of tickets and friends, family going. Does that maybe make you think that maybe he improves on some of those road numbers or do you think it's not a big deal? So listen, when I say the road numbers, this is what's so funny, right? So his at-home passer rating is 131.7. Absurd. It drops down all the way to 104.4. So that's nearly (laughs) a 40-point drop, right? Listen to this. That's nearly a 40-point drop, and he still leads all qualified quarterbacks in passer rating on the road this year. His 104.4 is the highest passer rating among all qualified quarterbacks this year. So even though it drops dramatically, right, from home to road, he's still the best on the road among all quarterbacks. So, no, I don't think – I mean, it's really fun for him and cool and maybe gives him extra motivation. But what is he going to do, go from being elite to being more elite? I don't know. He was asked this week, are you a game manager? And he said, you know, oh, shucks, you know, I'm not, I don't want to answer that, whatever. I'm just trying to win games. But the look on his face, Michelle, like he he just had that look in his eye like, oh, yeah, you'll see. I'll show you if you think I'm a game manager. And, you know, he always says, oh, shucks. But then when he gets on the field, he's always like, bleep you. I'm the best. So I think maybe he's got a little something this week. I feel like he's really good with the media. Yes. Like he doesn't give them anything to like hold on to and use against him. He knows how to answer. Right. But then when he gets on the field, he's very borderline cocky. Like he's extremely confident. I love field. that though. On the field, he has like a, a Baker Mayfield type personality on the field, but then he doesn't have it off the field, which is what really started to annoy people about Baker was the off the field antics, right? On the field, Brock or Baker Mayfield's a blast to watch when he's good, right? So you like that kind of energy. And it it, it seems like all teammates of Baker like that kind of energy too. And that energy that Brock brings is similar. And that just like hypes up the whole team. You need that kind of energy. Like you see like a Daniel Jones and you just feel like there's nothing coming from that man. You're given nothing to your team whatsoever, like for energy wise. And I think that ends up hurting the whole offense around when you have a quarterback that just has no energy. Confidence is contagious. And I, that's something that Brock has always had. He's always run the huddle and commanded the huddle in a way that was different. Uh, I, one of the complaints on Trey Lance was that at least at first he was not as, you know, um, assertive in the huddle and stuff. And Brock's getting in the huddle and he's telling George Carroll to shut the hell up so he can call the play. Like that, has an effect on people it rubs off on people and i think the niners sort of feed off that a little bit especially when you get into you know dicey situations tense third and long or you're trailing on the scoreboard or it's just a penalty whatever the case may be if you've got a guy that back there that's like don't worry i got this let's go i think it matters oh it 1000 percent matters i mean just think about everyday life when you're around people who have a lot of energy and confidence like everything feels like you're like ready to go so much more than being around someone that's just more quiet or negative or like not as confident like that that just rubs off on people 100 percent. do you have any more best bets i don't those are my three did you give three well i have one more that i'm sort of on the fence about and yes i did give three i gave the christian mccaffrey two plus touchdowns kyler at least one interception and the kittle under jake moody over three and a half extra points I feel like the Niners are going to score four touchdowns in the game. And yeah, Jake, they yeah. should. They should. But that's, that's a bold one. That's a bold one. He hasn't kicked a field goal in a long time, by the way, because the Niners have just been scoring touchdowns all the time. Um, 
I think I'm going to go over the three and a half extra points. He hasn't missed an extra point all year long, by the way. I'm jinxing him. You're yeah. jinxing him. It's probably my fault. Um, okay, before we go, I just want to uh, point out a couple of things. M. Patel, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the Niners pregame on 95.7 The Game. Levin and I will be on 95.7 The Game Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time. It's a new show. It's not a rebroadcast of the podcast. It's a new show. We'll be there every Sunday, 8 a.m. Please, please, please tune in. We're grateful to 95.7 The Game for showing the confidence in us to have us on. Please join us. Want to make you aware of that. I uh, hope to get you on there as well, Michelle. Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to need an invite, but Levin got it. It's fine. Oh, oh, oh boy. Trouble in paradise. Um, also, make sure you join us after the game for the Instant Reaction Show. The second the game ends, we're live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We'll be breaking it all down. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating an NFC West championship, so I hope you join us for that as well. Michelle, what's your uh, Sunday looking like? What game are you going to be working on? I have the... I have the big one, the Bills Cowboys game at four, and then I have the Jets Dolphins earlier on. So nothing too crazy, but I'm excited for the Saturday games, despite having to watch the Steelers lose in the (laughs) middle of the day on a Saturday. Yeah. So it's three Saturday games this week. Uh, It's Vikings, Bengals, Pittsburgh, Indy, and then Denver, Detroit, that Denver, Detroit game is looking a lot more interesting now. I know. I mean, that's a huge game. I mean, they're all pretty good games because even the Vikings Bengals, they both need a win to stay in playoff contention and the Steelers Colts. I mean, they're both fighting for a playoff spot too. in the AFC It's just, uh, if yeah, it's just no fun watching the Steelers. Nick Mullins leading the Minnesota Vikings, former Niners legend who, by the way, apparently Brock Purdy said this week was like really, uh, someone that Brock leaned on because Mullins also had that same UCL repair surgery. And basically what Brock said is everything Mullins told him about the surgery and how his arm was going to feel has completely come to pass. So that was kind of an interesting thing. We'll see what happens. Niners favored by 12. Michelle thinks they're going to win by more than that. Do you have a final score prediction? Let's go 31. I feel like I always go 31, 31, 16 random number 16 31 16 I believe I said 31 or 35 13 for the Niners I just whether the defense for the Niners lets up a lot of yards or not I just don't think the Cardinals defense is going to stop the 49ers defense all day long it'll be another you know Brock Purdy 250 yards two or three touchdowns that don't count you know one of those type games just another four touchdown game, 300 yards, and right. everyone's going to be like, oh, it's just everyone else. It wasn't It wasn't Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy could throw a touchdown pass to himself, and people would say it doesn't count because he would get a lot and, of – Kyle Shanahan just really made it super easy for him. Right, yeah. yeah. And he was a lot of yak too, so, you know, that's just – it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. have a good weekend. If you want more, Michelle, download the Ball Blast Football Podcast, and you can read – is it Fire and Ice? Fire and Ice over at the game day. Dot com. It's the start sit article, but I go through every single fantasy player and put them into categories. Uh, good sits, fire sits, or fire starts, good starts, bad players, all those. It, it makes more sense when you read the article than what I did. Than what I just said. That was terrible explanation. Okay. Well, <laughs> go check that out. Uh, I'm not even drinking a mimosa. Uh, yeah, that's scary. But what's in that mug? I don't know. It's sadly just water. Hopefully I'll have a mimosa in me uh, in a couple hours. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Let's go Niners, and we'll talk to you after the game. Bye, y'all.